Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast and my wife uh, and my life, Rachel Campos Duffy. I'm trying <laughs> I'm to get your wife in. for life. <laughs> that all too. Right. Uh, well, it's so good to be back at the kitchen table with all of you and all of our listeners. And I, I have just the two most amazing guests with us today. We are going to go behind the scenes at Fox and Friends. And so I invited Will and Pete. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hey. How you doing? And we're just going to, like, shoot the you-know-what. How do you guys feel about what? that? The what? <laughs> Am I allowed to say on this No, podcast? definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll beat that up. All right, we're off to a good start. Um, so, I guess a lot of people have asked me, Will, even inside the building, people go, what's Will like? A lot of people know a lot about Pete. A lot of people don't know a lot about you. So tell me. Who is Will who Kane? Who is Will Kane? And well, how do you answer that question when they say, what is Will like? What do you say? That's, confi- say that's that, confidential. No, I say Will is like one of the most normal people you will ever meet. Do you know. Um, Especially in this building. Very normal. <laughs> how about in this business? Yeah. yeah, that's what he means in the business. You know, I will say, and look, I can say this genuinely to the four of all of us. Not that everybody here is normal. Like, like what is normal? Well, first of all, you don't have the level of ego that any of us have to do any of the things we have chosen to do in life. I do believe there's a baseline of ego to say, I should go on television and tell people what I think <laughs> <laughs> or to run for office. Right. You know, that takes That's a level of enough. abnormality. But I will say I've been doing this for 10 years and for Meaning going on television, going in mass media. And I want to I give you two observations. One, the business is absolutely full of egocentric, insecure human beings yeah. who talk through you and at you, but not with you. And I can tell you that behind the scenes and on the scenes. What I mean is I've, I've done every kind of show you can imagine. Uh, chemistry-based shows, news shows, sports shows. And it's amazing how little human connection you can establish mm-hmm. because there's just nothing there to... People look at you, but they're not looking at you. Mm-hmm. They don't ask questions about you. And I do think the four of us, I say this, I can say this genuinely, um, have a human relationship. And part of it is because our willingness to be normal in that it's not always about me, 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 what I have to say. There's a, there's a curiosity to our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I would offer is something about doing what we do is like always looking in a mirror. So you, you, if you, uh, if you're a little bit 
curious, you can gather a lot of self-awareness. And one of the things people say about me that I know when you so people say, what's Will like? I'm a slow burn. Like people don't, I, apparently like whoever I am is not obvious up front. I think you, would mm-hmm. you say that's true, Rachel? Like yeah. it took you a bit and you're like, oh, that's who Will is. Yeah. Which is kind of weird for me because I do think I'm always being authentic, but it's um No, there's not, something, you know what it is? So when I first met you, I was not entirely sure I was going to like you. And I knew I would get along with you. And I knew that you didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I could feel it. I wasn't sure what to make. So, first of all, my relationship with Pete goes back you know, much farther. We've, we've worked Pre, together. Pre-Fox. We've known each other. Yeah, it's, it predates Fox. So we're, we're old friends. And I wasn't sure. I think, I think you, what you have is when you first meet people, you have a little bit of a guard up. You I, and think? I, oh yeah, I definitely think you do. You're not, you're not as open. And then what's interesting is once you get to know, when once Will trusts you, then Will is just an open book. He's like a blooming flower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I smell nice. Then you're an open then I you're hear this from viewers, book. by the way, too. Do I, you I really? mean, I literally will hear from viewers to say, I wasn't sure about you at first. But yeah. now, you know, they say complimentary nice things. But I don't know. Maybe me and Pete just bring out the best in you. <laughs> that could be that. <laughs> it could be that, except it does seem like a consistent theme. Even in my personal relationships, some of my best friends in life were like, at first, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's both ways. Well, it's nice to hear that she's like, I'm not so sure about Will Kane. And then she's like, you know what? I really like him. He's yeah. actually a great you know, yeah. partner, great friend. And so it doesn't go the other way. It's like, God, he's a shh. I can't say yeah. that. <laughs> he's a not so great How guy. How about you? Was she sure about you in the beginning? Oh, no. No, no. no we, so we, 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 no, uh, I was sure that you were a nice guy. Yeah. I just wasn't sure so I you wanted, wanted to date, date me. You. That's right. That's right. That was a little annoying. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Why? You don't want to date me? I don't know have if that's better or worse. That's, have you seen these these glasses and this haircut from Wisconsin? Yeah, from the 90s. Dude, it is yeah. hot. But yeah, I think I think that um, it's been interesting to get to know, even, even with you, Pete, I feel like just the dynamic between the three of us, I think you, we get that all the time from people that say there's genuine friendship for sure on. I mean if, if Will's a slow burn then I think you and I are probably fast burns <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm gonna hit you right there I, I I actually knew both of you longer you know and knew I felt like it's not like I did a matchmaker thing at all but we know each other through the work we did in advocacy groups Will and I hosted a show together he was the full-time host I was a twice a week host for six months of a show on the blaze called real news 10 years ago him and Buck Sexton and others. Were you guys staying in touch with each other over those 10 years? Kind of-ish. Like, I would look up and see Will midday on ESPN and be like, oh, man, he would crush it here at Fox. Mm -hmm. Like, we should should find a way. So when when the chess pieces came about and it worked out that I had no doubt that you guys would would hit it off because of the core, because of the core of who you are. I remember sitting down with Will at, at the place. You probably didn't remember this, but I was brand new to TV, didn't know anything about it, had never really hosted at all. And he just kind of, he and Buck just kind of sat down with me and said, hey, in this business, there's two types of people and, and some of them will talk to you and then they're just going to stab you all the way. And, mm. or you can take the approach of like, we all benefit and we all win by doing well and working together. And that's certainly the feeling I got from Will then. And it's the same guy that he is now. And that's a rare thing inside what we do. There's a lot of people who want to be on TV because they want to be famous. And so they look through you and talk past you because it's all about them. Then there's people who are curious, passionate, believe in this country and believe in, 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 in conservatism or the cause. And then they happen to be on TV, which I think is what binds a lot of us. Were you, were, we believe were, in bigger were things. Were you uncertain about Will like Rachel or when you first met him, like, oh, dude, this guy's great. We're going to be like 
best buddies, or you're like, nah, I'm not so sure, but he seems like a decent guy. And then you no, I was just impressed. I'm not yeah. to like not to toot his horn, but I I was the new guy, didn't know anything about TV, and this was like a long form kind of a five type show, and he would get up on the chalkboard and like talk about all these theories <laughs> and stuff, and I'd be like, no, he was really really good yeah, at yeah. it, and it was it was intimidating because I knew I couldn't do that, and I knew how much I didn't know, so. If anything, I just sat and watched them and and learned from them in, on that set as I, you know, wore bad looking suits and tried to get a, a little comment <laughs> in here or there. Whoever knew this podcast was going to be the deep dive into who Will Kane really That's is. Right. I do. But it's not really about that, I don't think. It, meaning, so this is more about people. And I, I do like this part of what we do for a living. We get to constantly analyze people. And I, I, so, Rachel, will you forgive me for this one moment of, of sort of guy talk? Okay. Like, I hit it off. I feel like I hit it off with Pete really quickly. And Sean, while it wasn't like like immediate with you and me, I think what you and I are connecting over as we kind of become friends is, and I don't have any scientific way of doing this other than to say we're dudes. Yeah. There is a, and it's same thing at ESPN, mm-hmm. black or white, athlete guy or non-athlete guy, whatever it may be, there is just sometimes, you're, you're a dude. Yeah. You get it, right? Connect. And we can yeah. we can make the same jokes. We can yep. laugh at the same things. We can walk with a certain level of security that you're not judging me, you right. know, or whatever it may be. <laughs> and you hit it off with that kind of guy. Right. And then back to the TV thing, and I'll bring you back in, Rachel, because you're not a dude. Um, but this, <laughs> and that's why we like you. This... Um, that to what Pete was saying, it, and you returned that favor to me so quickly about whatever I gave you as advice of types of people. When I joined this show, and it's remained the way since you joined it, Rachel, is it's such a generous relationship. Like you were willing, and you never have done it begrudgingly. Like now we're going to promote the Will Kane podcast, or now we're going to talk about this compliment, or whatever it may be. It was never a zero sum game. It was like. The three is more than the one. And I can't tell you how rare that is. Like, it's just uh, so rare. Can I just say, I have to jump in because that, so my first time ever doing Fox and Friends was with Pete. And people don't understand, Fox and Friends, Tucker Carlson actually said it, it is the hardest show to do on Fox at this network because there's just so many different elements. It's moving all the time. Um, And when you do it for the first time, it really is like a fire hose. You just don't know what you're doing. I don't think I could have done it in any of the first few times that I did it, especially day one without Pete. And I probably think, I mean, Sean, you, you can attest to this. The word generous, I've probably used that about Pete without him even hearing me to my husband, to other people who've talked to me more than anybody else. Um, there were times where I was totally floundering and Pete would just jump in and save me. And I, Sean would go, how'd it go today? I'm like, oh, Sean, uh, Pete saved me about like three times today. Like, or even a point that would be made that wasn't fully made. And it's, it's hard on TV. You have all these things going. She would not, not make a fully yeah. point. And Pete would come in and like, that is a great point, Rachel. And then finish and the wasn't. point for her. <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating, though. You, you bring up something about generosity and you, you could have the mentality that says, I'm I'm Pete Hegseth. I'm I'm the longest serving you know guy on the show. This is my show. Mm-hmm. You're coming into you know to to my, my space. space, but instead of doing that, he's like I'm I do better when we all do better, and we're all going to share this, and I'm going to be generous, and this is all of our show as opposed to my Pete Hegseth show, which is I think you're right. Well, that's that's very unique in in TV. And very. I saw it in just not to go back to the real world, but. Because they ask you for six months what you think about everything, and like you, yeah, you become the like, you become the center of your life yes. and everyone else's <laughs> life too. Every, no one could have a conversation without just talking about themselves. It was, and I, actually, I noticed that on the show. It was really bizarre. It's probably as a Midwesterner, 
actually you, really jarring. Cause can I ask, are you talking about them. conversations outside of sort of the confessional booth? Yes. So even in the, so you got the confessional booth on Real World, right? Yeah. Where you talk to the camera in mm-hmm. like a therapeutic yeah. way? Yep. And my then you're fam- just having a conversation with your roommates. In the living room. And everybody yeah. talks about themselves, so, you're saying? My family came to see me and they're like, this was the bizarre thing. <laughs> like, no one, it, everyone just talked about themselves. Right. Like, no one, like, where are you from? Like, there wasn't one question that anyone cared for an answer with anybody that right. came to, to to the house, and uh, it was very noticeable to me. And I, then I like I did it a little bit. You could like, oh, was I am I doing this? Because it's, it's, really con- con- it's really contrary to you know who we are as Midwesterners. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's and it happens in TV as well. It's like I'm really important. What I have to say is the most important point that's going to be made, and I don't really give a sh- a darn what <laughs> anyone else thinks. Um, and it's unique that that doesn't happen here, which I think is cool. Well, the show when these two, and I'd say this is both on air and off air and probably more off air. And I hope we do more to bring off air on air because I find that personally the most It'll interesting. Be wonderful be, television until we get canceled a month later. That's about right. <laughs> that's about right. But, Although we are mic'd <laughs> at it's all true. times. But to have the benefit of asking and listening to two people and also you, Sean, who you genuinely, genuinely want to hear what they have to say on a subject, mm. both prof- on professional topics and personal topics, like the life you guys have lived with nine kids and in Congress and traveling and moving and all of that. When you actually dig into the life of Will Kane and like the nine different lives that he's lived of entrepreneurship and, and, you know, different things on television and being in sports and being in news. And what I, when I come in the morning, I'm curious the first time he opens his mouth on a topic, what he's going to say. Me too. Uh, and the same with you. And that's, that is a great asset, I think, to the show. And I guess I don't know any other speed. Maybe it's teamwork. Maybe it's, you know, my dad's a coach and all that. Like, I just don't like being in a world where it's either mine or yours. And if it's not, then. But, you know, we've all been in situations where you kind of have to default to that. But to have the convenience, the. It's the confidence, though. Of, I think that's the baseline. That's it, it, it's confidence. It, you're right. In yourself and each other. It really is. Like, that egotistical personality we're talking about is just, it's. It's wedded to an insecurity. You can read. Yeah. I don't know if it reads to a television screen. I actually don't know if the. the I don't know either. So, but it is definitely in person. You can feel the insecurity. It's also about having hum- humility. The opposite of that, right? And so, like, I tell Sean all the time. You know, I'm amazed at what you guys do. I feel like I get to go. Like, you guys are pros, tennis players, and I get to play with you and get better by it. Every day, I learn something about how you made a transition or how you laid something out. And I I, I just love it. I feel like I'm constantly learning in in this environment. And I think that's really what it so, is about for me. I mean, I, I love being with you guys first and foremost. I, I don't, I feel like the hours fly by, um, except for you guys, I'm sure when we were t- covering the queen. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I really, I mean, I feel like I'm learning constantly from so you guys. I have an experience that you guys don't have. Right. So we, we, we all do uh, hits with other shows on the network and you all have we all have that experience. And we go in and we you know, ask questions and we give answers. But you don't have the experience of coming on to Fox and Friends weekend like I do. And it's actually really unique. I mean, when you come up and you guys are all sitting on the couch, I, I think of it as, as Zen. It's like you guys are sitting there and there's a conversation about family or sports or kids or what you're going to order. And the conversation is just kind of flowing. And then you come and sit down. And as you're talking about what you're going to order or, you know, how the kids did, you know, last weekend in sports. And they're like five, four, two. And like the conversation, I'm like, are these guys going to 
read the teleprompter? Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's the, but but the comfort level, it's like you're, you're hanging on a couch with three friends that are just having a great conversation. And by the way, they have to, you know, cover some of these topics. But the, 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 just the peace that happens on that set is something I haven't experienced anywhere at Fox, which you guys don't get to do that because you're on the show. But That's it's, interesting. To, you, you get that sort of fly-on-the-wall perspective of what it's like when we're just in studio transitioning between commercial breaks and it's seamless actually. and it's like and I think that's why the viewers are like I love the show because I feel like they're all friends I'm their friend and I'm part of their conversation which actually they are they, they, they the conversation from off camera to on camera just extends fluidly and it's a really cool feeling as a guest to come on and just see how again it's this this Zen feel that happens that's on awesome. the show thank you yeah it's, yeah, it's very cool. So um, I'd love to say this then, since we've kind of gone at least around the horn of the three of us, and we should get to Sean in a minute. He said, "Okay, Will, you're a slow burn. Pete, you're generous. <laughs> um, Rachel, here's the word because you brought it up. Here's what I have learned from you, um, and you brought the word up: humility. So I think you're right, but I think humility comes from a place of confidence. You can't grow mm -hmm. unless you're confident in yourself. You, see, you know, you, mm, yeah. you you close yourself off if you're insecure, yeah, because you got to protect the little bit that you've got. Mm -hmm. If you're confident, then you're vulnerable mm. and you're open and I yeah. can learn more. I have to say that throughout my life and my career, I have gone through bouts of, of what would the word be? What's the opposite of humility? Too, too much ego, too much certainty, too much righteousness, right? I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, I would say definitely since I've come to Fox, I've learned humility. First of all, I learned a lot from Pete in the, in the, in the beginning. I'm not even talking about television, just talking about like, where we are as a country and where we should be and the way I should think about things. And like you and I had open conversations about both of our growth when it comes to populism. Mm -hmm. um, and like, mm. I'm different than I was 10 years ago. I'm just, we all are. I think we all are, actually. Sure. But, but, but Rachel, the, the thing is, you, you surprise me and then I'm, I'm humbled and, and then I'm open in so many ways at so many different times. And I mean, I can't, it's going to be hard for me to come up with multiple hardcore specific examples, but one, I know when we were at one of the NASCAR races and you and Rick and I were talking about religion, I yeah. just, I, that was such a valuable conversation that day to me and the depth and the insight that you bring to the importance of this in your life and into us as a society. And then there's just been times on the couch where we're talking about like the value of tradition. I know what it was. The conversation you brought up with me with the value of, um, of of suffering. Oh, oh man, I went yeah. home to Kathleen. I was like, so I for the it didn't for the make list, you a Catholic though. That was, <laughs> was my, not that, yet. I failed. Sure. <laughs> not yet. You haven't. I mean, you haven't seen progress. <laughs> no, I was saying like I don't want to. I don't want to drool at the end of my life. I just want to swim off into the ocean, right. and save my you family did. from that, and save my dignity and my ego from that. You know, and you were like, oh, I, I grumbled at me. You know, like, <laughs> as, as she does. There's so much value in suffering, and not just for you, but for everyone around you, and then how they learn to love you in a new way, and God sees you in this way. And I was just like listening and like thinking about the depth of philosophical righteousness in what you had to say. Honestly, it was just very humbling for me. Like, you you know, who was I ever to think I had it all figured out? Like, I've got right. so much more to learn. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, 
and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Let me pile on that that for a. I'll pile on for a second because you've been working on me with Catholicism. I think that's shifting (laughs) over to Will as I fortify my position as a Southern Baptist. Uh, But I I thought you were going to be easier, and then you moved to Tennessee, and I think I lost you. Yeah, we'll get into that in a moment. You definitely have. Uh, But you also, in addition to that humility, uh, the the application of grace that you and Sean have shown me in my life as I learn and go through things in in a personal life. So a lot of things you can go through in life, and I've. Obviously, got divorced and met Jen, and, and all of that is absolutely wonderful, and I thank God for all of mm. it. But there were some really dark, difficult times mm-hmm. where you got to see the true colors of a lot of people. Mm. And you mentioned the word uh, righteousness, which is correct. Uh, but a lot of people stand on their righteousness and condemn and say, "Go away from me! You're gonna, you're gonna, you know." I and you guys did the opposite and said, came alongside and said, "Let's talk about it, and how can I pray for you, and let's figure it." That's a that's a decision a lot of people don't often make and a true sign of, of friendship and grace uh, and an under, so the flip side of that righteousness is humility and grace and you've shown that to me you and Sean in, on a personal level uh, and Can I you, well, you are, during, you, during that time you were she was like I think Pete's trying to ignore me. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, by the way. But I just thought, I, I thought you were, be, but you know what? I think that you were like. Because I didn't know how you would react. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I didn't know you, but we had been friends. Yeah. I knew you as a person of faith. And mm-hmm. in that moment, I was going through a lot and you just don't know how people are going to react. So yeah. you, you step back. And I yeah. should have given you both the benefit of the doubt in that mm-hmm. moment, but you don't know. Yeah, in it's those a vulnerable moments. period of time. I, I have to say that I, knowing what I know, I've always told you, I think that your story is one of the most beautiful pro-life stories um, that I've ever heard. I've ever heard. I think it was a really career in, in all of its, you know, human, human sinfulness and all the things that happen in life. I just think there's a lot of strength. Um, it's, it's a pro-life story. And every time I see your family, I'm, I'm reminded of that. And, and, and I, and I really do love you and your family. Well, I appreciate it. I think, I thank God for them and you guys. This has turned into a giant love <laughs> I didn't mean to turn this into Oprah, but, uh, but I kind of I did. So, Will. Uh, let's talk about the horns. Y'all okay, okay, think about wait, family I, versus I get, I want to get there, but no, Will. No, you don't. Tell me, Will, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Oh, I'm the oldest of four kids. Um, my dad was a small town Texas plaintiff's attorney. Um, Sherman, Texas is the size of roughly 30,000 people north of Dallas, a rural community. My mom is the daughter of a preacher Mm. and they came from Kansas. And, uh, you know, I don't know. What else would you like to know? (laughs) (laughs) He does not want to say that. So this is what's interesting because we talked about how you are like a slow burn. And it, it, it. 
I've always wanted to know a little bit more about where you come from and where, because I see a lot of like great values in you. I think you're an amazing dad. I'm Can always, <laughs> I'm always impressed by how, you know, even though you guys are both traveling and I say this about both of you, you guys travel back and forth. You're sometimes away from your kids, but I see such a desire in both of you to be good fathers, um, to try and stay connected. You're in breaks and you're, you know, trying to get updates on games and you're, you both sometimes are just talking to each other about just dad stuff like how what do I do when this happens um so I just was curious like is that from your from your from your upbringing where does that come from so uh, first of all because you, you brought this up I yeah I don't like talking about it's interesting yeah, he's, know, he's a, he know, wants to analyze really? why he doesn't want to talk about it instead of talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I have no problem sharing my thoughts, but my life is harder. Why? Um, Just I don't know why. the answer to that. I don't know. As he, as I think we all have come to appreciate, Tucker has such a great way of putting things into into words. Yeah. And he said it one time talking about, have you ever noticed, I don't like left, right, left, right, Democrat, Republican. Like not everything is as simple as that, right? But like there is a certain type of personality that just, always talks about, always talks in the first person and always talks about themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have trouble, maybe because it's the part of my life that I protect and it's yeah. mine. It's mine. Sure. But I do want to share. I mean, I'm not, I, I want to share. Um, Kathleen is the most important person in my life. That's my Sweet. wife. I have, um, she's, I think Kathleen's like me. She's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you, it takes you a while to get to know Kathleen, I think. Um, but wow, what a wonderful woman she is. Um, most giving, service-oriented person that I can imagine. And we have two boys, Charlie and West. And they're the, the whole thing is the most important thing in my life. I mean, um, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit and, you know, how much we're away and all that. Because I think you guys want to talk about travel. and But that's definitely the hardest part of this job for me. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, it's the biggest thing that I wrestle with, like personally. Like, I'm away again. You guys are waiting on me. I w- you know, to come down here to this podcast, I was upstairs because. I wanted to get the update on the game that just finished. You know, it was a soccer game this morning in your, Dallas. Your, your sons. My youngest son just mm-hmm. had his game. You know, he's having a, a bout of confidence issues, you know, and so I'm wor- trying to figure out how do we work through this. Which he, we talked about in my office last week. You and I had a private weekend. conversation <laughs> last week. And like, he's a beautiful player whose confidence is low right now. What do I do? Anyway, I don't know, Rachel. Um, I'll answer t- direct questions. I, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of different personal things that probably impact who I am and what I say. And I think you and I, I'm not sure if we've talked about all of those. I'll never hide anything, but I don't, I don't know. I don't vomit it on the table either. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you, you're talking about traveling. So, so you guys are coming into a space that, that we previously lived. So I was in, I was in Congress for nine years. We were in Congress together. And yeah. I had a year and a half before that where... Listen, I was a prosecutor. I was home all the time. I was, I mean, I, I, I brought the kids to school when I was a prosecutor. I went home for lunch and I had lunch with Rachel. I picked the kids up after school, brought them home, and then I'd go back to work. Like, I, it was great. Like, we lived in a liberal- It was idyllic. A liberal town in northern Wisconsin, which I actually loved the town because this family part of our life was so awesome. And then I'm like, I have a great idea. Let's run for Congress. And you don't understand the decisions that you make and how they impact your family and your life. And in so many ways, it's been amazing because the opportunities have been profound um, that came from the decision to run. But I was gone all the time. If you're going to run against, I ran against a 42-year incumbent, no one said I could win. It was literally, it was Rachel and Sean 
working together to do this with really no help. No one, no one came in to go. This is how you do it. Everyone We're came give in at the money. end when it looked like he was going to win. Then, then every, everyone was, it was involved. It was one of the hardest things we did. And but I was gone all the time. And then I went to Congress, and I had re- a really tough, really tough races. So I'd be in D.C. for four days, and then I was coming home, and I'm doing parades and fairs and festivals. You're just gone all the time. And something I think starts to to, to crack in families when when dads are gone, and we've we've talked about this on our mm-hmm. previous podcasts. Um, and you can't make up for it with phone calls. You can't make up for it with video. And I just I, and I and I say that after you know ten years of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's slippage, and I think there's impacts on kids um, that 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 feel it in different ways. Um, and so when Rachel got the the Fox and Friends weekend job, we said, well, let's see how you know, can we do this in Wisconsin. And then you, you know, fly. Sean here. was now out of, Congress, out of Congress, and we were starting to get back to where we were. And then I got this job, and I was like, I don't think it's going to work. I just we and we've done this too much. And so, listen, fifty years in Wisconsin, I'm like, I'll move to New Jersey, and we did because I I lived it, and I didn't want that anymore. And it's fascinating that both of you are now living our previous life, <laughs> where you both, you, Will, you live in Texas. Pete, you just you just moved to Tennessee. Uh, we're doing a Fox News alert here, people. Yeah. In Tennessee. <laughs> um, and now you guys are traveling, you know, to 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 New York to 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 do your weekend job. And sometimes you're coming in earlier because you're you're hosting other shows. And it takes some time, I think, to go. Hey, what what decisions that I'm am I making that have an impact on my family? But you'll see at some point there are it does slip. There's things that happen, and it's and again I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be a dang thanks Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I want to see you going. Oh boy, it's not as bad as Congress. Th- to be fair, it's you, no, not as bad. As Congress Congress, Congress is got a little easy, crazy, and it got easier as time went on. And you you're not gone as much as I was gone. But I do think it's 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 hard and challenging. And finding creative ways like you guys are doing to make it work is important. But um, how's it going? Maybe to you, Will, and I'm mean, Pete for you for the start to go, okay, I'm living in Dallas. And by the way, in the pandemic, you're like, this is great. I'm doing I'm doing it from my basement and I don't have to be in the city. Well, over the last year, you've had to actually come back and like I'm here on the weekend. Mm-hmm. How has that played out in in your family life? I just spoke I, way too long there. I would rather Pete go first because this <laughs> yeah, is, sure. here's no, why. You're the, you're no, the, no, no, but here's why. You're the elder because statesman on this. Because you're new to this and I don't want to ruin it. Like Sean, like what we could do in a progression of Sean had it the worst yeah. and did it the longest and these are the, and it's their slippage. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's me who's going to be the next most ominous and here you are all dewy-eyed and noodoo. I love it. It's great. <laughs> you know, you've already poisoned my, my outlook on it. Uh, you look, I mean, but you, but in some ways you look happier to me, Pete. I you am. love it in I, Tennessee. I am. And, and by the way, we moved in the beginning of August. We've been there for six weeks absolutely love it um we moved because of the school that's there it's it's a wonderful classical christian school just like i wrote mm-hmm. about in the book through my research i went to you know florida and north carolina jen and i had been waiting you know we there was a fine catholic school that they were in but it wasn't what it was we knew not it what could you be mm-hmm. and we you know all during covid will took the plunge earlier than we you know we looked at him and said damn that, that's what we, yeah. we, it just didn't professionally for Jen to hear and everything. It just had to all line up. And then time wise, it did. So we said, okay, starting for next school year and made the move and bought some property. And just between the God fearing people, the pace, the weather, the freedom, the, the there's acreage, two, there's the, two the sounds I hear at night. The taxes, there are two sounds I hear at night when it's pitch black. Crickets and gunshots. <laughs> it's heaven. That's it's heaven. like unbelievable. heaven. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So yes, you're. But you're exactly right. I'm having to put guardrails 
on my and Will has counseled me on this early, and I honestly do have asked him and will continue. Like, how do you do this? How have you managed it? You write phone calls and FaceTime doesn't make up for it. And I've dealt with that in a personal level with a blended family too, sure. with not having everybody where I right. want them for years. So I'm I almost have a callus up on that already, which I'm sure does lead to slippage with kids. And that's probably the only thing I think about on a regular basis is yeah. how do I be more intentional and involved in all of my kids' lives because they deserve it. So I'm used to that separation, mm-hmm. but not from Jen. So I loved, we loved the fact that we were together basically 24 seven and we enjoy being together. Of course. So that's the challenge. Um, but yeah, for now it's, I come in for the weekend and I do everything else from there if I can. Yeah. And I will's going to say, well, yeah, that's how you start. <laughs> not how it goes. You know, my favorite thing about that story. And I even think, so you two have known each other, Rachel and Pete for quite some time, but I think Rachel, I can see her procession of learning this about you. For some reason, I knew this about you before she had the realization. And that is that during your process of choosing where to move, you were so OCD spreadsheet database oriented that no one would ever actually realize this about your personality. Yeah. I think through Fox and Friends that you don't have a paper out of place on your desk. Yeah. That you are Mr. Squared away when it comes to everything in your were you almost like everything. The, in your were you life. like that before the military? Because my dad is like my dad is super neat, disciplined, like everything in its right proper place. But I, I think that was a little bit his personality, but a lot of it was the military. I was before the military. Like if my college buddies wanted to mess with me, they would. <laughs> No, they would come into my room and move something on my desk. Take, take, take pens out of order. Yes, or like move something crooked. <laughs> it's just how I'm wired. I don't know. It's so, it's so, the, the reason it's interesting, Will, is because his personality is so out there. I think I, probably no one has been more raw on TV, on our show, and exposed more than, than Pete. I mean, oh so God. there's this raw, like, out there and in your face. Very and then, real. And then... And Diet like, Mountain Dews at 6 a.m. Yes, exactly. It just doesn't add up. And, and then and his then pencil can't to, be moved. Yeah. And then you go to his office, and no one has a neater, nicer office than Pete except. It's just fascinating. It's de- and it's decorated. And I, I want to hear what you th- well, how it's been for you, too, Will. But I think what's fascinating about this, and, and it goes back to you guys' show, is people who, I think, live in New York become New York centric and and when you live in Wisconsin you live in Tennessee you live in Dallas and you go to church in those places and you go to Walmart in those places you have a different perspective which yes. is the perspective of of your viewers the perspective of America that you don't get if you live in New Jersey in you know 45 minutes from the city right yeah. and for us we just went back to Wisconsin for the for the summer which I, I kept our cabin there and we get a dose of Wisconsin and which I think is a dose of reality uh, yeah. but I think the show is better because I do too again your family may not be but the show's better <laughs> right? the show is better because you guys live where you do <laughs> and that's what this is about is the show not the family <laughs> alright your turn Will um, I think you're right Sean and so for, but also that's who we are so I'm from this small town Texas he's from this small town in Minnesota you grew up although all over the place I think you most identify with Arizona and then Wisconsin yes absolutely and so that's who we are and I can't look I think this sounds always hokey to people who aren't really I like I'm a Texan all right that's the end of the story and it killed me every minute that I didn't live in Texas Mm. and it kills me that my sons were born in New York and my wife's from Lubbock and I, it's so important for me to live there. I don't need it's. I know that sounds hokey, probably even to fellow Texans, because they maybe some of them haven't lived other places for long periods of time. I have California, you know, New York, and it 
it, I don't like it. It's not that I don't like life in New York. I don't like not living in Texas. Because mm. it's, it, it, it's in your DNA, That's right? It's like, I feel like this Wisconsin. is my DNA of where I'm from. I'm not from. as connected like that, just in the sense that I, I, I identify with the small town values. When Pete came back from Tennessee and I was like, what was it? What's it like? And he described the small town values of everyone. I love that. That's who I feel like I am. That said, as a military brat who moved every three years of my life, I'm not as attached to a place. And so when Sean said, I- I'm within a couple of weeks of me having this job, Sean's like, this is not working. We're going to have to move to New Jersey. I knew it was, you know, there's lots of signs that Sean loves me. That was one of the signs. Oh, huge. That he huge. really loves it, me. And he's well, it goes like, back to suffering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to suffer. Can I, can I tell Rachel. you guys, can I tell you guys a story of when I, one of the, this was early in our marriage. We were just married a few months and we got our first house. And this is when I found out Sean really loved me. <laughs> um, I, he had to paint the house. We couldn't afford to have someone do it. Sean painted the whole house. Ladders took weeks. It was not a big house, but it's a big job. Yeah, it's a big job. It's a big job. And then he painted it all, and he was so proud of himself. And then I went out into the street to look at the house, and the sun shone shone on the house in a different way. Mm -mm. And I said- you did not. I I don't like this color. (laughs) I said, honey, this is not going to work. In the sun, it looks canary- yellow instead of soft yellow this has to be repainted and he did <laughs> I'm like are you bleeping kidding me <laughs> but you did it I did re- but I mean, you did yeah. say I that did. first I, yeah yeah so it's just like, like the rest of us yeah. like, like like Pete and I talk no. about like whether it comes to my privacy issues or you know your medical thing. I'm a sheep like the rest of us I just bleat along the way to the slaughterhouse <laughs> Uh, that's exactly right. Back on the, the so okay. so the reason I talk about Texas because that's so high on my priority list that I'm willing to do all of these things. Yes, it's not easy to Sean's yeah, point. Of course. And the fact that we host a weekend show in the beginning, you say, well, you're primarily gone three days a week. When it's more, it could be four days, whatever. But you know, you, you have a significant chunk of time you get to be home. But you realize life happens on the weekends. Like, mm-hmm. that's when you hang out with your family. That's when they chill. That's when they have sporting events. I get to be there for school pickup or drop-off or soccer practice pickup or drop-off. The sun's on JV football right now, so I get to see games on Thursday nights. Once varsity starts, I would have to miss that. You know, I've thought about all this yeah. that you miss. So life happens on the weekends a lot. And, and I, it's and, But it's also not just about kids, because what, what, ha- what happened to us is when Sean was gone in D.C., when Sean came back... You know, it became like he's trying to catch up with kids, but then we didn't have enough time to that's catch up exactly either. Right. And that's really tough, too. And then, uh, I get, but, but what happened, I don't know if you guys, if you had this yet, but I became a disruptor. Like they got used to their life without <laughs> yeah. me. And they're like, sure. you, you throw our cycle into yeah. imbalance when you come home. And I'm like, but I'm the dad. What are you talking about? I'm the dad. Right. And they're like, no, no, we, we kind of figure our life and our schedule out without you here. And when you come in, it becomes chaotic, which yeah. was actually really hard. That was actually a hard thing to yeah. hear. Um, but but it, it, it was yeah. true, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, and I'm, a, I'm you ever see a movie with George Clooney up in the air, up in the air? Yeah. That was called? Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. Oh, he yeah. flies all over the yeah. place. And- I'm that dude now. Like, I got this thing wired. <laughs> I can show up to the airport 45 minutes before with my TSA pre-check, my clear. I fly through. I never check a bag. Now I'm down to a backpack most of the time. Really? And I'm so irritated with the newbies. I mean, yeah. I, I am <laughs> so irritated with the security line and the boarding process. Yeah. I try not to be. Uh, but 
I mean, when you do it this much, I've got it down to a science. Yeah. But what you have told me and has lived out so far is you can be have it down to a science all you want, but then you hit JFK or you hit Newark on a Friday and you got an hour and a half drive into it's the, the city. It's the worst part. It's the worst part. From the airport in New York to to Manhattan is the worst part of the entire You've been commute. flying the whole time and then you just sit in cars for an hour and a half and you might as well have driven. We'll be back with much more after this. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I'm going to switch gears for you just a little bit because we don't have a ton more time, but I just want to switch gears on you. So, Pete, we talk a lot about the news um, all the time. We talk on air, off air. (laughs) We send texts to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it that concerns you the most about? I know you wrote a book about the education system, so feel free to to talk about that. Which, by the way, I love that you actually are living the life that you you preach everyone else on the show. It's great. I I appreciate that. I. In fact, it felt like a uh, a ticking time bomb in my head every moment my kids were not in the type of school that I yes. knew would be best for them. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a giant sigh of relief. Yes. The kids go to school earlier in the South. They've been in school since August 11th. Mm-hmm. And the minute they walked into those halls and when I go back to drop them off from there and I go, and when I see my five-year-old Gwenny in kindergarten and she's got a chance to go all the way through and have a real reservoir of knowledge. And it's uh, one thing, it's like one less stress like, and, that you're not having. And, I don't, you have to go to school board meetings. You don't have to. Well, and again, I quoted you in the book, Rachel. Yeah. I've, I've said this to, you know, Will and I have talked. I don't have the time or energy. Yeah. To watchdog that. Yes. I want to know that when I'm not there physically and when I'm not there in school, I know they're in, uh, it, they're getting things that reinforce what I believe in. And thankfully, even though I got kids in multiple places, they're all in schools like that. That's and right. I, I draw a lot of solace from that. The biggest, I mean, I think as you get older, at least for me, you go, you start to go back to basics even more so. And I start to realize how bifurcated my life was between you know, professional life, personal life and faith and how much, how much more intentional it was. They were supposed to be integrated in community and Mm. in conduct and in who you are as a person. And so my faith has become a lot more important to me and I hope it becomes even more important and even more integrated because when I look at the challenges that I have in my life, most of it is a result of rejecting that or drifting away from that. Mm. And I think in a culture and as a country and as a society, the more we lose Jesus Christ and the more we lose God, the more we lose our way. And in our politics and in everything else, because it was rightly ordered the way he, he, uh, he wrote it and spoke it and lived it. And, you know, the first, what was the first words the devil ever spoke in the garden of Eden was, did God really say, Mm. And it was always meant to cast doubt on truth. And boy, that's what we see today in a rudderless world. So, so very true. Uh, Will? And I say that, by the way, as the most sinful, (laughs) most fallen, most conflicted. No, I mean, I don't say that from some pedestal. Like, I've got to figure it out. I know I need it because I know how depraved and fallen and failing I am. We We all are. are. And if we we don't realize that about ourselves, then we really are lying to ourselves and blind to our own deficit. The only only requirement to be a Christian is to be a sinner. That's it. I was was, was thinking about a number of ways I would answer that question. And you got to the most fundamental issue that we should be concerned about. You're absolutely, because if you get that right, Pete, 
you get everything else right in this country. And I realize how how long I didn't have that right, and I still don't have it right. And how much it just it is foundational. Yeah. 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 So what was the yeah, question? Beat, 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 beat that well. Uh, what, what am I most so what, concerned what, about? What concern? I mean, we we talk all day about all the problems in in the, in the country, in the world. What concerns you the most? Traffic. JFK to Dallas whole line. New, newbies in your <laughs> line. Thank the, you for. Yeah, we're we're getting a top five list together here. Um, I don't. I'm not. Maybe I'm not as adept at putting it directly into words. So forgive me if I bounce around it a little bit. But like you both, you just said something. By the way, the only thing required of being a Christian is to be a sinner. And like I'm just staring at you <laughs> as I sat there and mold that over. For did you see me mulling yeah, it over? I did. Because I, I want to think about I, that I, more. It was the same look when I said that there yeah. was virtue and and suffering. there was suffering. Yeah. 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 Pete said something as well that that um, I'm thinking about. Like the older I get, the more I fall back simply on the basics, and it's and, yes. and the principles. And it's so true. Um, I guess, you know, I want to say my first instinct is to say that I think we're living in a post truth era. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as foundational truths. My truth, my lived experience, whatever it may be. And once you divorce yourself from the concept of reality, of truth, everything flies. You can switch genders. You can say that which didn't happen did happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just live in this world of complete chaos. Mm hmm. And I, but but see, I don't even know if that's exactly where I want to say my most, you know, as you've probably picked up, I, I, I think I'm very male focused. <laughs> um, uh, How I mean, is that for Kathleen? <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I, you know, she, she said she wishes we would have. I wish I would have had a daughter. It probably would have been very transformative for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish I had a daughter. It's not too late. I've told you you'd be an amazing I'm adoptive. I'm old. Yeah, but you could adopt uh, a daughter. Do you know how wonderful. Rachel's had kids throughout her whole life? Yeah, I, I was almost 50. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole, I didn't want to say that, but it's <laughs> true. Because I'm so male focused, like, I just, sometimes. I'm like, that just, the simple basics to me is like, that's not how a man behaves. Behave like a man. Like, that's just like a, a, mm. a framework that I often think about and a man tells the truth and a man doesn't brag and a man is not this or that. But it's, I don't even know what that is, Rachel, because I don't think those are values that are simply embodied by males. They're, they're, but there's something. No, but there's something about, we, we just did a podcast on, on masculinity yeah. and, and why it's important and how it's good for society yes. and how dangerous it is that we've turned it into toxicity. I think it's married mm-hmm. to that idea of like a divorce from truth and and we have to get back to principles and basics and I don't know. And is it even tied even deeper to the to so, the idea so of is faith? So what you're saying is what you're saying that one of the most important things that you're concerned about is the loss of that maleness, that masculinity in culture. Big part of it. I think that America is living in this place where we have no idea who we are. We don't know our purpose as individuals or as a society. And as a byproduct of that, you have people walking around listless, purposeless, depressed men, not knowing what it means to be of value Mm -hmm. and not caring anymore about the truth because everything is trying to find their own entitled place in this earth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is where I think, again, while you have probably been my religious guide on most of my travels over the past (laughs) two years, Rachel, uh, Pete has actually played a role as well. And like he's brought up his book, like it's central to who we are as a people to understand the role of faith. And and so I'm sorry I'm not more eloquent or more grounded or more concrete on what I think the most uh, the, the deepest concern is. But I think there's something here where there's a cultural rot in America that exists on a societal and individual basis that has to be corrected. To, to your point, I think it's interesting that you do get to truth when you debate because the lie can't withstand the pressure of 
a, a broad conversation and many people engaging in the conversation. Mm. And the way you degrade truth is by shutting down speech. And I, that was what I, it, I think you do. I mean, we can't beat Pete's answer, but I think the second part of that is when you take away the freedom to speak, to speak and debate and, and have an opinion, yeah. then you're able to let the rot you talk about actually flourish. And that's what's happening right now because I think so many people are self-censoring right now, not willing to say what yes. they know is true because they're afraid of what someone's going to say about them. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to be called names. They could lose their job. They're, 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 the, the school might come after them. Their kids might pay a price. And so, and that's and that's the power that the left has has had over getting people to 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 go within and not actually speak out against crazy stuff that's happening. That's that that's that's that, was, that would be my answer to Pete's. Great and that's answer. our responsibility as folks yes. who have the blessing of having a platform on Fox is to speak for those who feel like they've been jammed into a box and to be able yeah. to work with two folks on our show who are the best at the business. I mean, if 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 something needs to be said, Rachel's going to say it. OK, <laughs> I mean, you know it. But, and like I Mike, see that Mikey eating the what cereal is that? She likes it. Only in love. Like yeah. she will boldly stand up and say, I need to be able to say that. And she's right. And Will and I feel the same way, because if we can't say it. Yeah. It's just like Donald Trump. The effect that he had when he would say it's, things, it gave people the space to say, well, I feel that way, too. And I can say it, too. I, that's part I'll of the you, obligation I've, I think we I've have. kind of, the, the evolution, I, I agree with that. And I think one of the greatest compliments that we've had on this show is when people say to us, oh, you're saying exactly what I'm thinking. Or that's, you know, thank you for saying how we feel and how we think. The next level, I think, and this is what I've been saying when I go around and speak, I say, it's really nice that you guys come up and say to Will and Pete and Sean and I um, that thank you for saying, but it's not enough. You cannot outsource your voice to cable news people. You can't. You will not change America if it's just on Fox News. You will not change America if you're still too afraid to speak up at your school board or at, um, you know, wherever you're at, at your job. And the more we tell these little lies and the more, as you say, Sean, you know, people self-censor, eventually people just stop thinking um, for themselves and they just accept that they can't. I mean, you see this in so many countries that have been overrun by communism and socialism. People just, they just give up. You know, I mean, I, we're still fighting here in America, but I'm telling you, it is scary. And, and can I just add one other thing? Back to what Pete said, you know, about, you know, the importance of God. I, I The thing that scares me the most is globalism. And only because globalism to me is, is secularism. It's these really rich dudes, these masters of the universe who think they are God and who want to tell the rest of us how to live. That's my fear. It's, it's kind of all of this. It's, it's, the, it's the breakdown of the family and, and, the, and the important role of fathers. Um, I think that's a huge, massive, I think you could put everything you know in America down to that. But the loss of religion, the censorship, and, and frankly, in the last week, I don't want to get too deep, but I've been really scared since um, Joe Biden gave that speech, since the arrest of so many people in the opposition. I've talked to both of you about it. This is a... a this has been played out before in Latin America. We are in a new zone. And what scares me about it the most is how it's not the top story, how people are just accepting it. And th- we're in really dangerous w- waters right now. And, and, I, and this is the first time literally in the last week. 
you know, it's that it's, I feel scared for America. It's important the arresting of opposition that, that people Voices. say what they think, like the the three of you do all the time. Which is what why I mean, listen, I love I love watching the show. I wake up and I I'll start at six o'clock. I'll watch the national anthem, Pete, in the morning, and, <laughs> and the pictures that come up. Then you fall asleep, and then no, and then I'll then I'll and I'll fast forward through some parts I don't like, and you know, I I, I love the day that you did cats, and you refer to cats because you talked about we'll have a nine lives, and everything comes back to cats for you. You um, cats on the national anthem, right? The, yeah, the, 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 the cat the, national our, anthem. Our ratings plunged. I thought down. they went. <laughs> they, I thought they went through the roof that day. But I think what's what what, and I think you mentioned this, Pete, is what Donald Trump has done and why he's such a threat is because he has no filter. He says what he thinks, and when you have a leader like that, someone at the top who's like, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be brash, and I'm going to tell you what's wrong in America. I'm going to tell you what's right in America, and I'm going to set a, you know the, a true star. What's that? I don't want to put the true star. course. North star. I'm like, I know where we're going. People are inspired by that, and when when people are inspired, they get courage because Donald Trump has courage, and when you have a courageous section of the American population, that's a threat to this leftist progressive Marxism, and they can't have that. And I think that's the biggest threat of Donald Trump. And no, and nobody speaks in politics like he does, and that's why he's such a threat because of the courage that he instills in the hearts of so many Americans that can actually bring this country back. And that's his threat. And he's an amplified threat in 2024 because in 2016, he came in as a political rookie thinking Democrats yes. might work with him. And in 2024, he goes in there knowing exactly how the game is played from day one. They want to put him in jail. So I got to run in just a minute. Texas kicks off against Alabama and not too distant <laughs> future. But I want to say this before we go, because it's, as is the nature, um, we host a show together, the three of us. We spend some time analyzing the three of our personalities. <laughs> and I want to take one minute to say here at the end that I really enjoyed getting to know you as well, Sean. And it's taken more time and it's been more recent. And, uh, you know, it's just a super big kindness in your eyes. I appreciate and that. Uh, it's undeniable. And as you get to know someone, and I think the first time like that I really, really... Like you, I see you, know, we, you and I talk yeah. in the green room. We talk about our exercise regimens, our dieting, <laughs> whatever it may be. But man, uh, I'm going to be real on that. <laughs> but I'm going to be real with you. Uh, when I saw you dance with your daughter at your daughter's wedding, it's just like that's uh, who that human being is. Like you could just see that. that moment in time, and like wow, you can all of a sudden see who is Sean Duffy, and it was awesome. I, I felt yeah. like when I cried and sobbed and bawled <laughs> the whole way down the aisle was a very revealing. I couldn't, I couldn't hold it. <laughs> um, I just say, I mean, and, and, and again, I, to, to the two of you, I think so, very. Very normal people, um, very likable people, very um, open. Um, and I said that to you, but because I, I, I didn't know you well. And I've, I've, I, again, I've, 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 we've talked about Will Kane quite a bit in our house. I'm like, one of the most normal guys in yeah. television that I've ever met. Not, and again, Pete, very normal as well. But I think that's a really unique thing that you have here: um, normalness, re- reality. Mm. You know, centered people um, that can go. It's not just about Will Kane. It's not about Pete Hex. It's like, hey, so how, so how are you doing? How was, how was the move? How was, how was your summer? Right. I was, I think I was talking to one of you guys about my boat. I'm like, yeah, I got a, like, I like, I love, I love the boat that Rachel let me buy. Um, <laughs> it was, it was hard sell, but I think that's a really good thing. Which is why I think you guys is again. I come back to this to the show that I get to see at a very un, unique and different level than you guys all do. Why it's so special, um, and why people love to tune in to hear what you're going to say, to see what dumb games you're going to play, to see who's going to win. Um, and again, I think it's this this little special gem that Fox has that for four hours, which used to be five hours for a, for a while there, which was that was hard. But four hours or on eight, Saturday and eight Sunday, eight hours a weekend, yeah. eight hours yeah. a weekend. I, thank I, you, thank you, thank you indeed. And you, but you know the waters in which we swim because the only place probably more vain than t- cable TV is. 
Congress. <laughs> Being a normal person in there is its own challenge. I'm going to let you go, but I think one of the best things for me was doing reality TV to go, you're not that special. Yeah. Listen, you had your life filmed and did nothing for it, yeah. and people thought you were something special. And me go, you know what? I'm not really that special. I can be in Congress, and everyone thought that they were so cool and so special. I'm like, dude, no, you're not. Listen, yeah. we're all, we're, we all get the blessing to serve, and yeah. you know, don't don't believe your press. Um, and so that's reality TV for both of us. I think was 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 good on that front. So yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I want to thank you guys for joining us. Will, I thank know you, you. you got you got to go watch some fo- some football because we're recording this early. You're listening to this a couple days after we recorded it. Um, but to both of you, thank you for being so nice and generous to Rachel. Yeah. Um, you're kind of you're. Uh, uh, f- uh, if I had to repick my to as the boys in my house, yes. and the boys, <laughs> the it's boys not my two sons. This. It's the, it's the two of you. That. The boys are this. The boys are that. Yeah. Um, if I had to repick my co-hosts, I would in this entire building I'd pick both of you both that's awesome thank you I'd just add Sean (laughs) sure listen anytime thank you guys for joining us let's do it again Uh, yeah absolutely maybe the Will Camp podcast I'll do it let's do it if you enjoyed this podcast you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and until I think tomorrow we have our own uh, one on one podcast Rachel All right. thanks everybody (laughs) bye bye thank you Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.